You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson, thanks for making us your first listen every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter at BDPeacock at Williamson NFL. We've got a great guest today, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings to break down the GM and head coach search going on in Minnesota. Check it in with some of these non-playoff teams as we work through the playoffs tomorrow, a big playoff preview show, looking at all those matchups for the divisional round. And if you can't tell, I am a little bit under the weather, so I'm going to let Matt take charge of most of this interview, but I do have some uh, questions for Luke as it pertains to the search and this very important offseason for the Minnesota Vikings. And coming up next week, Cody Rourke of Locked On Broncos and Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears to do the same. But now, let's bring on today's guest. Luke Brawny is the host of Locked On Vikings. You can find him daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network, just like you can find Peacock and Williamson. Luke, thanks for jumping on the show with us. I know you have some famous rabbits uh, that you can see behind you when you do your <laughs> podcasts. Uh, have they made any playoff predictions so far this year? Uh, no. Zoe, who went 12-5 and five in the regular season, knows to quit when she's ahead. So, and the other, and, and ZD didn't make the playoffs, so oh, they're wow. done. Okay, two Z's like Zimmer, which brings us to the new coach. Yeah. What a segue. Wow. Wow, that's really a professional. That's 20 years of experience right there. That's phenomenal. <laughs> so, Luke, let's talk coaching search. Sure. Um, Two-pronged two question. You know, what would you be looking for? And you have some names that fit that bill. And maybe more importantly, no offense, what do you think they'll be looking for? Yeah, well, let me do the second part first, and then I'll tell okay. you what I agree or disagree with. Um, they are looking for a wide variety of things, but the, the word coming out of TCO Performance Center is collaboration. They want to look for people who are communicators, people who can you know work with everybody around them. And I think especially when things aren't going well, there's a lot of coaching styles that seem really great when you're on a winning streak, and then suddenly you sure. drop three and it gets old real fast. Um, so they're looking for, this is, I, I love the, the possibility of like Raheem Morris, um, Todd yeah, Bowles yeah. has a reputation for this. There's a lot of coaches out there like that, that seem to be like collaborators and considering the way that Zimmer left things in Minnesota, this is really, really important. The, the, the trust the players have in the Vikings brass is totally broken. And Okay. I think the hire needs to kind of be pointed at at rebuilding that trust and getting somebody that is used to leading men. So th there's that. Of course, you know, you want you, I, I don't think they want like another like old stodgy go with your gut, run the ball at all costs kind of coach. <laughs> Obviously, I don't I don't think that's going to be the, the the hire. So a lot of the coaches they're interviewing now are uh, younger minds, um, people maybe a little bit fresher. Um, but there are still some retreads. They they interviewed Dan Quinn, too. So they are, they're casting a fairly wide net and they're also not done requesting interviews. They haven't even hired the GM yet. And I'm sure when that person gets in, they'll um, have some some of their own ideas and people they'll want to interview, too. OK, I want to get some of your input of if you are in charge. But that word collaboration, 
just sent a bell off in my head because more than most teams over the last 10, you know, decade or so, there's been a collaboration between coach and front office with talent acquisition and building the roster. Do you think that's something sure. that the family wants to continue? I mean, that the organization wants to keep moving with. Yes. And then it fell apart in okay. 2021. It yeah. got really toxic in 2021 as it kind of became, uh, obvious that Zimmer wasn't going to stick around. It kind of, you know, you look, the playoff odds were like 20% and everybody knew the dynamic was playoffs or everybody's getting fired. Um, and I think as that pressure kind of set in on people, the worst parts of their personalities came out and it totally broke what was for a long, long time. You're right. A really, really good culture. So for me, I, I do think that's like a really important thing. I, I don't think you can have a successful football team where the players don't trust the coaches and the coaches don't trust the front office. Um, and they're, you know, they weren't working together. Apparently Zimmer and Spielman hadn't spoken in like a long time. Like it was, it totally mm. fell apart. So you have to fix that. So for me, I agree with that. That's really important. Um, and I think like, what, what I don't care as much about is the tactician aspect. Like they interviewed Kellen Moore. I'm not as into Kellen Moore. To me, he's a scheme guy. He's a tactician. Right, right. But, but, but head coach fit is not what a, you're talking about. Right. right. Like it's not a, a head tactics job. A lot of people look at, at head coach as coordinator plus, you know, like super coordinator. Let's just look and find the best coordinator who, who had a good offense. Let's get that offensive coordinator. And that's who I want. And that's not what the job is. The job is not coordinating the offense plus also having a challenge flag it's uh you know choosing philosophies it's it's implementing an overall like strategy it's coming up with practice plans it's leading people it's it's making sure every single facet of the team is working well in tandem and together it's hiring hiring is a big 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 skill to me and it is a skill hiring is a skill who's good at hiring and, and with some people we don't know but are you going to be good at hiring is a big question that I would be asking in those interviews. Um, so I, I want to hire the schemers who, you're saying, huh? Like, yeah, hire good staff, good position yeah. coaches, good coordinators, whatever yeah, is your schemers. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't care as much about the tactician angle. I want somebody who can manage because head coach is a management job. You know me, I always spin things back to the people I know in the Steelers. And I know Raheem Morris and Coach Tomlin are sure. super, super close and have a lot of ties together. Todd Bowles was the secondary coach when I was with the Browns. It was him and Chuck Pagano. And those two names, and you threw them out there, I immediately thought Tomlin. I immediately thought communicator, you know, and, and I think they're phenomenal fits. I mean, are those your favorites for, you know, the job? Right now, Raheem Morris is at the top of my list. Okay. Um, my list is pretty loose right now. I haven't finished looking through everybody, um, but top of my list is Raheem Morris. I would love Brian Dable. They haven't requested an interview with him. I would love Byron Leftwich. They haven't requested an interview with him, but uh, yeah, that and Todd Bowles. Those four are the ones that I would be like genuinely happy with. There's a handful of people I could talk myself into, and then there's a mm -hmm. few names that I'm, I'm not so into, um, like Kellen Moore. I'm not as into Nathaniel Hackett. I, I think the, the like, More of a theater schemer. kid... Well, and he, his theater kid deal is, I think, would wear really thin. I think it works great on a 13-win team, which right, is where he right, is right, right now. Right. Um, and they all talk about him as the glue guy. It seems like his his job in Green Bay is keep Aaron Rodgers happy. Well, we don't have an Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to have to, I don't know, I think look elsewhere and at somebody who's got more on their resume than had a good offense with Aaron Rodgers and then also was tasked with developing Blake Bortles. And we saw how that went.
Yeah, I think that's really well said. So, of course, that brings me to the next conversation. Of course, you got to get the GM and coach in place. But what's Cousins' future? I mean, is he get him off the books at all cost and go young or outside the organization? I guess I have to bring up Kellen Mond for whatever reason. Zimmer sure didn't seem to be thrilled with him. Is that a... No, he stinks. Because <laughs> <laughs> he stinks? Okay. You, you can write him off. Yeah. Okay. No, I Okay. I'm, maybe I'm being a little harsh. Um, but he's not the answer. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to turn the, the ball over to Mond. No, unless he makes a big, big, big stride. He needs to have a turnaround this offseason. He's way behind. Um, so talk, that... talk, talk Cousins to me, though. Okay, so for me, I would want to trade Cousins. I would want to get rid of him. Mm. Um, I, I'm pretty done with Cousins. We, we've had four years of Kirk Cousins. We won 10 games once. Um, yeah, that always the same. Is, yeah, and, and that, like, I'm, I've never been as bothered by the size of the contract. I always think you can make salary cap work out. Um, but I'm more bothered by his approach to the game. His mentality is um, very much, he, he is always living to fight another day, and he never picks a day to fight on. Um, that's, yeah, that, that's the, the scout weird, like scout ass phrase that I've come up with for him. Um, also, you know, Baker, not a chef, that kind of thing, working outside of structure, never been his thing. And you have to do that on a football team, the best laid plans of mice and men. And yeah, so I'd be, (laughs) I'd be rid of him. Um, the Vikings have not made have like very consciously refused to make this decision yet. And on the GM side, there are definitely candidates that would keep him, candidates that wouldn't, um, and the Wilfs don't want to make this call. They are not football people, and they okay. will t- they'll smart. be the first to tell you, we don't want to make a football decision. They're deathly afraid of making the wrong football decision, so they ain't going to Yeah, I respect that. So many owners would be like, get rid of them, don't get rid of them, but they've never yeah. had shape in their life or have any clue. You know, right? They're business people, so they're going to hire someone with a skill set. They've done that a gajillion times in their other dealings, right? They can hire someone who knows how to do something they don't know how to do. Um, but then they're going to leave it up to that person. More with Luke Braun coming up, that GM head coach search, the future of the team and the division. We're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help you make your bets as informed as ever. OnlineGambling.com gives gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day, inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds. They're on a mission to be the world's most empowering gaming and betting site, giving gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online every day. Uh, OnlineGambling.com is inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds and doing a great job doing it. So, Go to www.onlinegambling.com and check out the latest NFL playoff news and tips on how you can get the edge. I mean, visit the website for NFL tips ahead of these playoffs and during the playoffs, of course. So make sure you visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news and tips to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, it's onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's profits through the playoffs. Luke, I don't think we're done talking about quarterback here, but you brought up ownership, and that makes me wonder, did they hire a search firm? Because I've heard about these search firms that help out, and it always makes me realize that Williamson and I should probably start our own search firm and make a little extra cash on the (laughs) side because I don't know how they go about it and how they come up with the names and and why you would need a search firm to figure out uh, what a good head coach would be when it's such a small world. 
of potential people that you could bring into your organization. But when it comes to ownership and their decision to hire their GM and and hire their collaborators there with GM and head coach, do you think there's um, a reason to start with, say, an ex-lawyer type, a a salary cap accountant type, a scout type at the top? Like, what, what do you think the organizational structure would make the most sense there for the Vikings or for generally any team? And I'm sure that's something that you've thought about and something that's been talked about a lot recently. Yeah. So they have not hired a search firm. Um, I There's definitely mixed opinions on if that is actually a helpful idea or not to just bring in more cooks in the kitchen that like don't know football to go hire a football person. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but so the Vikings have not done that. They're, they're leading the search internally. COO Andrew Miller is leading the search. And then Rob Rosinski, who is there, I forget his title, but he's kind of their salary cap guy, their director of football administration or whatever. Those guys are leading the search. Um, and they've already they've had the short list down to eight candidates for a while. They've interviewed seven of them as of this recording. Last one goes on Friday. Um, so that decision should probably come next week. In terms of like what kind of person, there's a lot of interesting discussion going on around this. There was actually a Ringer article that came out last week that said, don't hire scouts. And similarly to head coaching, a lot of people mistake the GM job for like scout, like super scout, scout plus. Right. right. Um, you know, can you evaluate? Ta- but how many GMs and I, I don't know. Matt, you probably know way more about this than I do. How many GMs actually sit down and scout versus just use the reports of their scouts to build a draft board and a strategy and kind of an overall strategy thing, which is why I'm a little bit more partial to a more strategy oriented role. Somebody that has to look at a big picture, which is why the the cat people are a little bit more fun to me or the strategy people, people like Quesia Adolfo Mensa, Catherine Raish, even though she's pretty green she's got the right kind of experience i think um and even the one like the most college oriented person the vikings are interviewing is monty Ossenfort, who for years and years and years did draft strategy for bill belichick he didn't do as much scouting he did a lot of building draft boards or like strategy like overall stuff so it seems like the vikings aren't as interested in the he's they're not interested in ed dodds or jeff these kind of like uber uber scouting like guys that have these famous drafts um, they're more into, like you said, the, the, the strategists. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And side note for BP and I, we probably should have a conversation or a whole segment on GMs, you know, and the different styles of GMs. Cause I think Luke brings up an awesome point that, you know, there's head coach strategists and then there's CEOs. Well, the same is true for directors of football operations and GMs and things too. And we don't talk about that enough. That's great. Um, I do want to take a step back, though. If Cousins has to go or you prefer for him to go, is it we'll eat half his salary and give us a first-round pick? Or is it get him out of here, you would take all of his salary and give us a fifth-round pick? Um, if I were to just decision, pulling those numbers the out of the air. You know what I mean? I'm just pulling yeah, those numbers it, out of the air. I mean. I'm certainly open to it. Um, I think looking at like how Matthew Stafford – the, the compensation you got for Stafford, the compensation that the Eagles got for Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. I don't think you Even have Darnold. to. Eat, yeah, I don't think you have to eat salary to get substantial draft compensation. You don't have to Osweiler this. Okay. Um, I, that's I, why I, I want the this, market is. That, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but that's why I brought it up, because yeah. I was sitting here thinking, well, the Rams had to add something to get rid of Goff. And I don't think Cousins is as bad as Goff, but for me to take on 30 plus million, 
do I, you know, am I not going to give you that much? You know what I mean? Like is Cousins closer to Stafford or Goff in that trade? It's so it's one year closer to Stafford for sure, because it's yeah, one it's year of 30 plus million. The Lions had to sink two years. You got to pay him to do that. True. Um, true. OK, if you're taking Kirk Cousins, you're probably you probably like Kirk Cousins. Like you're not taking this just to eat the contract and, and get draft picks. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and right. if you like Kirk Cousins, you're probably going to extend Kirk Cousins. And if you're going to extend Kirk Cousins, you can make that cap hit is all base salary. You can convert a bunch into signing bonus, spread it over years, get a better structure going and negotiate that with Kirk himself. So if you're trading for Kirk Cousins, I don't think you'd be afraid of the cap hit because that cap hit can be extended. And if you're the Vikings, you're keeping Kirk Cousins, you just extend him yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's not going to play on a $45 million cap hit. That's obscene. Um, so, so he's yeah. an asset, not an anchor. I would probably I so, guess too. that, yeah. If he goes yeah. into the trade market, he's going to be treated like a positive asset. Um, now, third round pick and you take the contract, or I say, eh, maybe I'll eat 10 more million. Can you make it a second? I love that. I think that's a great way to negotiate. Okay. Um, so I would totally eat as much cap as I needed to to make it a first round pick because you don't have a quarterback now. You need a plan for that. So uh, give me a, a second first round pick. And even if I don't like a quarterback in this draft, I can u- utilize that extra liquid asset to help position myself for next year. Um, you're not going to tank, right? The Wilfs will never, ever, ever try to do a no. Dolphins and tank for a draft pick um, who like nobody does. But that would be a wit. Like if I have two picks in one year, you can usually try to swing that into a, a higher pick next year. I don't want to talk about the next quarterback because we need to talk about, I don't even know the coaches. So, I mean, I, I always find that interesting. Like, and let's see what kind of scheme they're going to implement before we're talking about what yeah. style of quarterback. I have but no idea what the Vikings are going to do. Right. Like. How would we know yet? Um, but there is a player on the team that I think is really interesting. And I didn't realize this until this morning, coincidentally. And that's Hunter, who's a great mm-hmm. defensive end. But he's he's played 384 snaps over the last two seasons. And I didn't know this until this morning. He's doing $18 million roster bonus in March. Like, is he a keeper at that price? So his contract is very weird. Um, there there were shenanigans with his contract um, when they extended him. And he was kind of, he wanted an extension because he was clearly underpaid. But he was also coming off of a neck injury, um, off of a herniated disc. Right. Uh, which can be a really scary injury. That's the kind of JJ. That's the injury that kept JJ Watt out for like three years. He just kept re-aggravating it. Um, so that is scary, right? So what they did, instead of giving him a true extension, they essentially front loaded all of the money that that extension would comprise. So they basically said, okay, we'll pay you 18 million extra dollars. Um, and some of that was in a signing bonus that he signed for 2021. So we already saw some of it, but we're going to stack the rest of that money into a roster bonus. And if you get that roster bonus, if you're still on the roster and we're still happy with you, we'll turn that roster bonus into a, into the rest of a signing bonus, which will help our cap. But then you see the money. Um, So probably what happens if you look at the next two years of the contract, $8 million cap hit $2 million cap hit. So it's very clearly designed to have that 18 million spread out six, six, six over, over the rest of that contract, maybe even more years or whatever. So it's just a matter of do you trust him enough to be paying him, um, you know, that that kind like that kind of money over three years? Do you think this is going to be a long term injury problem? And his neck did not re-aggravate in 2021. He tore a pack, totally different, unrelated thing. Pretty unlucky. Right, right, right. But that's 
definitely not as scary of an injury as the neck thing. So if they were okay with the neck thing last year, I think they'll be okay. Well, I don't know, totally different group of people. So maybe a new group of people won't be. Um, <laughs> but the person who designed this contract is Rob Brzezinski. And he's still around. So they, you know, the, the, the trigger is still waiting to be pulled. Essentially, the Vikings can just hold their finger over an extend button. Um, and for as much cap as they need, they can pretty much just borrow from the bank of Daniel Hunter. Wow, that's, that's great information. So the way I interpreted what you said there, which was awesome, is that's probably a conversation between cap guy and doctor, you know, not necessarily yes. scouts and coaches. Right. There's no question about Daniel Hunter's talent and his ability. Even if he comes in and he's playing at 80%, it still makes him like a top 10 defensive end. The dude is ridiculous. He's a hyena. Like He's an Avenger. Like, keep mm, him in the building. Right, right. Such a domino effect of decisions and uh, what the plan is for GM is what I want to get into next and how you convince an owner to hire you when losing might have to happen. And are they going to hire the wrong person because they want to win now, but you've got to take your medicine. More on that coming up with Luke Braun and uh, checking in with some of the other NFC North teams as well. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting, really. Life changes are exciting and they usually have tax implications, but maybe you're a full-time employee who decided to freelance and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor, maybe you started driving rideshare after your 9-to-5 job, or maybe you work in one state but live in another and you need some help reporting your income. So luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicating to, dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction for you. And you can talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house, which is awesome. Uh, whether you got married, had kids, or changed careers, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get you the best tax outcome. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. On the subject of moving on from cornerstone players that have been important pieces for the Vikings for a while, Luke, and your plan as the prospective GM is maybe you're not comfortable with Hunter's health and you're going to move on from Kirk Cousins. That's your plan. Maybe there's some other key veterans where the salary doesn't match what their production level is right now and you think the best move is to move on, maybe trade and get some more assets to build this thing for the future to make you stronger later. And then you look at next year and you talk about how the Wilfs wouldn't want to tank. You would kind of be tanking at a certain point if you go into a season without a quarterback and you know Kellen Mond's not the guy. Maybe the dra this draft isn't the right draft to be drafting that quarterback anyway. So are you essentially tanking no matter what? And would that be a factor for ownership when they're talking to GMs? Do they want to hear a GM's plan to keep Cousins and say, we're going to win now. We're going to keep building this thing and be better because I'm sure ownership doesn't want to hear, oh, yeah, we're going to be a terrible team next year because that's the right move. And so it might be a tough yeah. sell for a GM to sell the correct plan, even though it might be the correct plan. For sure. Um, and I think part of that is going to be in, in the hiring who has a plan where they're respectable in 2022. Here's the deal. And I can say this, the Vikings can't say this, but I can say this. They are not going to be competitive in 2022. I don't mm -hmm. see a path to the Vikings being a competitive team in 2022 and pushing for the playoffs or pushing the Packers for the division or whatever. I, I, I don't see it unless 
you draft a quarterback and get really, really lucky with somebody that it, none of these guys are supposed to be that good. So no, there is not really a path forward to being good in 2022 that I see personally. But if you're in an interview to GM the Vikings, you're talking about bridging that year over, right? I don't want to go in with Kellen Mond and win two games. Let right, me right. pick up uh, somebody like a Teddy Bridgewater, somebody like a Tarod Taylor, like what the Bills did in 2017. They made the playoffs that year. And then the next year they traded up, got Josh Allen. That is the kind of maneuver that I would try to be selling to the Wills. Hey, let's be competitive. Let's be a real team. You got to take seriously on Sundays so that we can get a reason to get these butts in seats, get a reason to get these players to want to win something so they don't feel like it's a totally futile effort and they don't start making business decisions. Right. But when like at the same time, have a an, an eye toward the future where I'm not just going to take the first reasonable quarterback that comes to that comes around and, and sink the next four years in and probably the entire tenure of the next head coach into like whoever happens to be available at pick 12 at quarterback. Like I'm not doing that. Um, if I don't like a, any of these quarterbacks, if I'm not in love with them, if they're not my guy, I'm waiting until next year where they're supposed to be better quarterbacks. Maybe I will have a guy who's my guy then. Um, so I, I, I like the idea of bridging yours, like pick your spot at quarterback, you know, don't take the first available thing, which I think is honestly the mistake that got Spielman, hand in the first place Kirk Cousins was available and he was there and it was opportunistic and if you missed on Kirk Cousins who knows what would come in come out in the draft um and if they would have gotten Lamar Jackson but you didn't know that at the time so they took the first guy available so that they could have the problem solved and I think that's a mistake pick your spot okay Luke this is a big you know wide brush here and I know that it's not the same group making draft picks but I go mm-hmm. to drafthistory.com pull up the Vikings and I wanted to ask you about these most recent drafts, but then I realized a trend while I was on this webpage that going back to the 2011 draft, the Vikings make a ton of picks. I mean, 2011, mm-hmm. 10 draft picks, 2012, 10 draft picks, 2013, nine picks, 14, 10 picks, 10 picks and 15, eight picks and 16, 11 picks and 17. And here's where I was, you know, 18, there was eight picks. But here's where I was really focusing on was 2019, they drafted 12 players. 2020, they drafted 15 players. And I know a lot of those mm-hmm. were late. And last year, they drafted 11, none of them in the seventh round. So Justin Jefferson's wonderful. But who are the other foundational young rookie contract guys to build around who are the other 500 guys they drafted <laughs> right right we just named so <laughs> many draft picks right yeah, uh, yeah so that was a big spielman thing um very big on trading down he, uh, he was always and except for 2021 which was a very like notoriously thin class of, of rookies exactly. yeah, yeah he was very much into the depth of drafts he thought look there's you know 300 good players in this draft i want to get as many of them as i can um and that would and i love that approach him. i mean i think it yeah. takes some some you know self-awareness to say sure i might draft a little bit better than average but i'm still going to miss on 50 percent, so i might as well take more bites at the apple so that was a spielman thing um and i don't know if the next person's going to have the same approach i would like them to though i like that approach i liked that about spielman mm-hmm. and and you know a lot of mud at the wall right more darts more bites at the apple it, it bears out mathematically that that's a good way to approach it but the problem is that your second question doesn't have a great answer Right. Like, who's the foundational have, person? Who are um, the 10 guys on cheap deals that are getting better. You know, I mean, that shouldn't be the case. That's kind of the issue is there were too many whiffs. And really the big whiffs were 
uh, Mike Hughes in 2018. He couldn't stay healthy. He goes to the Chiefs. He gets benched. Um, and then Jeff Gladney, who got cut in the offseason because of a domestic violence problem. That was the, that's two first round picks that go down. 2019, Garrett Bradbury. That's not a pick many people are very excited about. I'll mm-hmm. tell you this. They just extended him, so he's not on a rookie deal. But Brian O'Neill is a cornerstone piece. I would oh, he's call a good him. player. Yeah, pick guy. I, and I think the other tackle, the bookend, Christian Darisaw, is going to be a cornerstone. Um, yep. He's already – I think he outplayed what you would expect from a rookie. Um, and I think he'll he'll be a, a good starter moving forward. Uh, and maybe even Ezra Cleveland, too, who I thought came into his own really well at guard. So you have a couple of those on the offensive line. But then, like, on defensive line, it was supposed to be DJ Wanham. He's been horrific. He's a beanstalk. It's like having a safety out there trying to set the edge. It gets blown off the ball all the time. <laughs> um, there are a couple of linebackers that have been, like, just these absolute horror shows. Troy Dye's been a horror show. Chad Surratt can't get on the field. Um yeah, it's but maybe it amazes Cameron me if you make, who had a good if you make that many guy? If you make that many picks, though, there should be three, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks that are wow. This guy's a pretty serviceable, important player already in year two. I'm just not seeing many. Yeah, if you want serviceable rotational guy, I can give you a few of those. James Lynch, I think, counts as one. Armin Watts okay. counts as one. Um, I would say like Ezra Cleveland's probably a little bit higher than that. Those are all uh, yeah. guys in their second or third year that are doing that. The other problem too, is that the Vikings were very big on extending their own talent. That's not a problem. That was a great thing about the Vi- Vikings, but it meant that all their starters were expensive. So it, it led to this top heavy thing. I mean, Anthony Barr has been the starter there for eight years. So if you're and, and uh, Eric Kendricks for seven. So if you draft a linebacker, he ain't starting. It's going to be those two guys. So even if you draft a good linebacker, that could be a starter. Um, those two guys are going to be the starters and it's the same thing. You know, Harrison Smith is not going to relinquish his job. They had, they were set at edge rusher for a long, long, long time. Um, and so th- there wasn't a lot of position to go through. So a-, a lot of it ended up being, we're just going to go for depth or we're going to take swings at these hyper athletic projects, but they're available in the fifth round for a reason if they're that athletic and it's because yeah. they suck at football, but maybe we can teach them. Right. And it's not like we need a starter. So we have time to let them learn and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, that's the mentality that got them to Neil Hunter um, and Anthony. Right, Ball, right. That's a great example. That, right. Yeah. So but they really, really leaned into that. <laughs> yeah. But it also gets them Chaz Surratt, who I, I don't think he might belong more on a basketball court than on a field. Um, that and and some other like pretty disastrous picks. And more it's boringer to go back to one like a few years ago. Super <laughs> hyper athletic yes. guy. Never played in the NFL and mm-hmm. was not even cl- I had no idea what he was doing. Um Sixth round pick didn't work out. I thought it was a fine stab to take on a guy with that much athleticism, but that's the mentality. And that's kind of the spot it can paint you into. So they had this really top heavy roster, everybody on a big contract, which means you had no way to build depth, except you just had to hit on every fifth round pick, which nobody can do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you basically have no depth on your team. You have a paper thin roster. All your starters might be good, but one guy gets hurt. The whole operation falls apart. That's what we were dealing with in 2020 and 2021. That's why the Vikings are sitting at home. Yeah, and that's why everyone gets fired, and you know, right? Yep. <laughs> we know how this works. Um, Luke, last thing I have for you is the division. You know, let's exclude the Packers. They win thirteen games every year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Rodgers is coming back or not. Um, they may win the Super Bowl. They may lose to the Niners. Who, who, the, that team aside, would you swap spots right now with the Lions or Bears? Um, Lions, definitely not. I think the Lions are rebuilding a culture with Dan Campbell in a way that I think they have to. 
But I, I, Peter Bukowski put it really well on a on a an NFC North crossover before this season. They're two years away from being two years away, and yeah. I don't oh, want yeah. I don't want to be there. With the Bears, it's kind of a similar spot, right? They're looking for a head coach and GM just like we are, but they have a quarterback in Justin Fields. So the question kind of boils down to what do I think of Justin Fields? If you like Justin Fields, you would absolutely, absolutely want to switch with the Vikings with the Bears. I am very worried that they have ruined Justin Fields because now he's picked up a panic habit because they couldn't protect for him or he couldn't call his own protections. Mm -hmm. um, he was in, in the game, I think, before Lauren Cox at Lockdown Bears disagrees with me, but I think he was in the game before he... Uh, he should have been and he wasn't ready. That offense wasn't ready. It was really poorly designed um, and it all was a total disaster. He ended up taking a million sacks a game that teaches you to run and to scramble and to bail on pockets and to get skittish. Those are habits that are difficult to break. So he has to unlearn that habit, relearn his pocket presence, relearn his protections, all while getting to know a brand new system because they also fired all their coaches. It, I, Justin Fields is staring down a really uphill battle. If I were, say, a GM candidate who was uh, or a head coach candidate interviewing for either the Vikings or the Bears job, I might like want to go with the one that gives me some QB flexibility. If I take over a GM of the Vikings, I can get rid of Kirk Cousins. I have to fix Justin Fields and I have no choice. If I if I can't fix Justin Fields, I ain't taking that job. And I don't know how confident I would be in my ability to fix a quarterback that picked up a panic habit. That's a really, really tough thing to break. So I would say no to that question. But if you disagree with me about fields, you would say, yes, I think that's totally valid. What if I told I, you that Brian Dable like gets hired by the Bears? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, sure. It's, I don't know. The Vikings haven't requested him for interview yet. Um, maybe somebody else does, uh, like maybe the new GM does or whatever. Um, I, I don't know who the Bears are going to go get. I kind of feel like it might be Jim Harbaugh swooping out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I think they, they've made a call there, but not an official interview from what I understand. So we'll see if that's uh, something that comes to fruition for the Bears with Jim Harbaugh. But you get that feeling Jim Harbaugh's coming somewhere. It might be Las Vegas, might be Chicago. Maybe he stays in Michigan, I don't know. But uh, I know where Luke Braun is going to be. That is daily on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You can find him on Twitter, at Luke Braun NFL. And uh, which day are you doing the, the Locked On NFL with Ross Jackson? Tuesdays. Me and Ross, Hi. Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, covering what used to be Monday night games and stuff, but now I'll probably get into some weird nerdy stuff every week. Oh yeah. The nerdy off season stuff. I'm sure with Ross and Luke on Tuesdays on locked on NFL. Luke, appreciate you giving us the time. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you maybe again sometime in the off season. Once you guys find a head coach, once you find a GM and figure out where that quarterback situation is going anytime. And Hey, have fun at the super bowl. Thanks again to Luke Braun. And thanks everybody for making us your first listen every day back tomorrow previewing all of those tasty divisional playoff round games right here peacock and williamson